You're listening to the Football Revolution. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Geo. Great to have your company. Some quality football, brilliant individual performances, some dodgy decisions, and a lot to talk about. Sounds like an episode of our show. And joining me is my co-host, VIG. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. Very good. How are you? Good, mate. Nice win for your team on the weekend. Uh, Bankstown get the uh, the cookies 4-1, and uh, I hear you got an assist. Yeah, well, it was a good win. Uh, Friday night game. So, um, yeah, hopefully plenty of more, plenty more of them to come. Mate, that must mean that you get a say in what time you play because it means that uh, you got to play in the cool and you were free Saturday and Sunday just to lie by the pool and have another pool party. Absolutely. I, I checked the <laughs> uh, checked the schedule before I signed. <laughs> Mate, when I said some dodgy decisions, the uh, new record is an unwanted one. Tommy Merciler's red card late in the Wanderers versus Glory game equaled the most red cards in a season, which is 41. Any reason for the high number, VIG? Um, is it the yeah, heat? Good, good question. Oh, first, it's... First thing that comes to mind is potentially the heat. Yeah, a bit of um, yeah, I don't know, but it's it's obviously the A League's always been a physical game. We've always been physical down here in Australia, so I don't know. Maybe maybe the refs are, are quick to to flush it out these days, and uh, perhaps VAR also playing a part in, in a few of these. Um, you know, the dark arts of football um, are long gone now. You can't step on a player's toe or, or rake down the back of his calf, or um, you know, the, the little things that players could probably get away with before the VAR, um, you can no longer get away with that anymore. But if we, uh, if the way we're heading, we'll, be, we'll break in the half century before the end of the season. It's not a great look, is it? I know it's a physical league, but we're not talking number of yellows, which is, you know, it could be for any sort of discretion, whether it be back chat or time waste. We're talking reds, which is usually, you know, means that you've done something that's pretty bad. Yeah, look, you never want to see a player sent off in, in any game, in any fixture, but um, I, you know, I, haven't, I haven't checked the stats in other leagues around the world, but I presume that you know that they'd be in a similar situation with maybe record numbers for red cards. I know in League Two in France there was a one or two red cards per game um, in in that league, and the refs in France are, are very quick to to pull it out and, and show the red card. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's probably an issue uh, across the globe, and um, yeah, I, I think potentially I think it's a it's the introduction of VAR to all these leagues. Mate, this could be a challenge for VIG Statsman this week. I think for you to maybe have a look at a couple of those uh, leagues, maybe one of the top leagues and maybe one of the medium or me- middle of the road leagues and see how they match up against the A-League. But, uh, mate, we were right. We said the glory was a banana peel for the Wanderers and, unfortunately, for them, uh, they did drop points. But we'll talk about that a little bit more in our revolutionised roundup. But it was also great to see Perth back at NIB Stadium after a long uh, hiatus. Oh, I flicked on the TV and, and I forgot they were actually back at NIB and I, and I had a look and I said, Geez, the stands got bigger at Macedonia Park. What have they done? They've put, put the double decker up on it or something. But um, no, it's good to see them back there. Good to see a good crowd out there. And um, yeah, a crazy game in the end after having uh, Jordan Elsie sent off uh, in a second minute, I think it was. So um, that they, they hung on and, um, and got their reward at the end there. This one here I've got for you, VIG, is probably a little bit left of field, but Jets coach Arthur Pappas was voted A-League Coach of the Month for February. Now, let me run you through. They had a uh, 2-2 draw away to Perth. They had a 2-1 home victory against uh, Melbourne victory. They had a 0-1 win away to the Bulls, and they had a 3-1 loss at home to Western United. Four of those five teams, <laughs> so they're not, they're not even in the finals football at the moment. So... Are we more awarding mediocrity at the moment? Is this how we're going to be going? Because for me, I look at Sydney, they beat the Mariners, the Wanderers drew with Raw and lost 3-2 to, three, two to City away. Is that not a, a better performance from Steve Carreca, who has been under pressure, than a guy who's beaten teams that are all also Rams this year? Yeah, look, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's uh, the everyone gets a trophy mentality. Um, oh, we don't want that. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, look, uh, the, the Jets haven't really set the world on fire and um, I think Arthur Pappas would be first to admit himself that you know their performances haven't been great, especially over the last month. So I don't know. I don't know who votes for these things and, and who awards it. But um, you know, good luck to him. He's he's one coach of the month. Great, but at the end of the day, 
What does that even mean? On the topic of small crowds, uh, watching some quality A-League football is in the news again. So the SMH, uh, Sydney Morning Herald, has reported that PSG, after an early Champions League exit, could be heading here to play the A-League All-Stars in May. Uh, we're still, we still keep talking with no positive, nothing positive, no nothing in, innovative, nothing creative. Uh, it's, please just tell me this is not going to be the blueprint for the new proposed men's second division, that any time we start having bad crowds or there's good football but we're not getting the bums on the seats like we want, we're going to start bringing out big teams that are a one-off, you know, kind of cash injection like a big sugar hit, and then within half an hour everyone's had too much sugar and no one wants to go and have any more again. Yeah, look, oh, I don't know. It, se- it seems like that's the plan at the moment. Um, but like you said, we, we need to improve the competition. We need to get more people uh, at the games. We need to get more people watching on television. Um, we need to make tickets to these events exclusive and, and hard to get. And, and we want matches sold out um, in front of big crowds. Yeah, having PSG come out for a, a one-off game, it's great. Don't get me wrong, all right? It's great for the kids to go out and, and watch these stars that, they don't always get the chance to see and um you know it's 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 good to have teams of that caliber out here and players of of that caliber some of the best in the world but at the end of the day what's what's the knock-on effect from that how are we turning that into bums on seats in in the a-league week in week out because they did the same thing last year with barcelona um and you know, the return from that this year hasn't been a positive one. So, also, they it, buy a jersey out of it. So, that was at least one win for them. No, but I, I've actually been to, <laughs> I went to the Camp Nou and bought this okay. at the Camp Nou. So, right. um, how about that? So, our 160 kilometer for AVM update, Superhuman Bulls physio Brendan BMW Wyatt's upcoming run on the 15th of April in memory of Bulls skipper Uli Davila's wife, Lily, to raise money for the Green Foundation Australia. BMW has ramped up his training and is now running more than a marathon every weekend. So he is absolute crazy. He's a fantastic guy, but he is crazy because, like I said, he's running you know this 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 amount of distance every single week. Um, and he's even squeezed in uh, a few TV appearances on Network Ten. So uh, it's been a cracking week for him. Uh, what he's doing is, is surely needs to be on the TVs. But uh, that also said, surely the home of A-League, the A-League TV rights and the A-League governing body, uh, Football Australia, is going to tip some money in for this amazing call. NRL has Beanie for brain cancer and all these sorts of rounds they do. Surely these guys here, the powers to be here, can have a round for for um, Brain Brain Foundation Australia where a dollar from every ticket sold at the gates goes towards Brain Cancer Foundation or something like that. The goal has been increased to 10,000, currently sitting at just over 5,600. So still some work to do to reach the new target. So please go to the mycause.com.au link we have set up on our Direct Me page to donate. Also, the run is from Avalon Beach to Wollongong. So if the listeners, their family or friends would like to participate on the day, everyone is welcome to run, ride or whatever you like to support BMW in his 160-kilometre quest. We'll have another update next week on BMW's progress uh, for you. Yeah, look, I, I don't know, maybe maybe a few mothballs coming out of um, the APLs and, and A-League's wallet and, and Paramount Paramount and uh, Channel 10. So, yeah, look, um, it, it's for a great cause. Um our our plea to the listeners and, and our loyal followers is donate as much as you can. Um, please help him out because he's doing um, something amazing and, and something amazing for a, a close friend of his in, in Ulsi Davila um, who lost his dear wife under tragic circumstances. So, um, yeah, look, anyone who can, please donate. Um, it's for a great cause. And, um, yeah, we look forward to, to seeing Brendan. BMW is too polite and too nice a guy to say anything, but I don't have that issue. You know, he's uh, he's doing something fantastic. You know, you constantly get uh, Paramount saying, oh, mountain of football, mountain this. Well, you're not going to get a bigger mountain to climb than uh, something like this and for in in honour of probably the best player in the A-League at the moment. We're not talking about just any panel beater off the street. We're talking about probably the best player currently in our A-League, our marquee player, and there's a lot of good players, but probably our best player. He won the Player of the Year two two seasons ago. He's been through something tragic. He's got a young son. If you're ever going to get behind something, get behind this, climb the mountain and give some cash to, to Brendan. Brendan will never ask for it. He's doing this out of the goodness of his heart to try and do the right thing by his friend, but I'm not like that. I'm going to tell him straight to the point. Donate and get behind BMW. And like I said, if you can't, look, and that's not to say, if you can't afford it, I know times are tough, just get yourself down to either Avalon Beach, Wollongong, or somewhere in between and just cheer him on and just yell out to him and say, mate, we wish you all the best. So it doesn't have to even be a, a cash donation. If you can't afford it, we understand that. We're not trying to get blood out of a stone. It's just a matter of just get down there in some way you can and support him. 
Player escape room, Adelaide United defender Harry van der Sarg on the comeback trail after a long injury layoff joins us for a chat. We wrap up match day 17 of the A-League women's competition. Revolutionised roundup of the weekend's men's fixtures. Is there anything I didn't see, VIG? Yeah, I'm going to throw a cheeky little stat at you that came from uh, the W League game this afternoon between uh, Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City. Um, so from from a player's uh, surname finishing with an, uh, starting with an A and, and starting with a Z, um, in, in the space of four minutes, they became the, the quickest uh, quickest goal scorers, which was uh, Melina Ayres and uh, Paige Zois for uh, for Melbourne Victory. So. Uh, previous shortest time between A to Z goal scorer for the same team in any Australian National League game was nine minutes. Um, and this was, the, it's happened on two occasions. It was uh, Francis Awaratifi and Vlado Zoric uh, for Marconi on the 12th of April 1998. And Mustafa Amini and Patrick Swanswijk uh, for Central Coast Mariners on the 2nd of December 2011. So uh, it's been surpassed. So the, the, the fastest time was nine minutes. and uh, the girls pipped that this morning by four, uh, this afternoon. Sorry, by f- uh, four minutes um, in the Melbourne Derby, mate. Uh, when I say is there anything I didn't see vig, even if that was in front of me, I wouldn't have seen it. You are a freak <laughs> at that. You pull out the best stats, and like I said, even if that whacked me on the head, I still wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have seen it. So I love it, and I'm sure the listeners will enjoy that fact as well. And uh, it might be a long time between drinks before we get another record like that broken. Yeah, I've, I've pulled that off Twitter. Credit goes out to uh, Andrew Howe, who's a, a bit of a stats guru. That's all right, mate. If he's got, if he wants to take you on any time, I'm happy for him to take on my uh, my TFR um, football mastermind VIG, and we're happy for him to call in and we have a bit of a, a VIG stats man takes on uh, Andrew Howell if he's keen. But uh, mate, it's a lot better stat than that one of uh, 41 uh, red cards, which equals the uh, the record. So it's a much nicer record to finish on. So quick look at our uh, well, quick quick summary of our A League women's wrap. So Adelaide was good enough at home to defeat Glory two one, which makes Perth's hopes of playing finals football even more difficult. Bottom placed Wellington continues their debut season improvement, claiming the huge scalp of the league leader Sydney FC thanks to a well taken Kate Taylor goal. High-flying Western United leave Queensland with nothing as two clinical finishes by Shay Connor gives the Brisbane Roars top four hopes a big boost and hurts Western's Premier Plate aspirations. Wanderers welcome Canberra United, both teams scoring in the first half but unable to find a winner in the second. Canberra missing a golden opportunity to put the deducted points disaster behind them and to keep the pressure on fourth-place victory. And today's game, Melbourne City dominates the game but the champions' Melbourne victory uh, bossed the scoreboard, winning the derby 2-0 and extending City's rough patch of three losses in four games. Victory is now only two points behind their bid rivals and have moved and has moved them five points clear of fifth place Canberra. Yeah, so big, big, big uh, win, uh, I guess, this afternoon for victory over City. Um, uh, have Canberra United officially been deducted those points or the points is that have, still? Yeah, the points have officially. So if we get into the table, so the A-League women's table, Sydney FC on 33. Western United also on 33, Melbourne City in third on 28, Melbourne Victory in fourth on 26 after their victory today against City. Canberra United now a further five points back in fifth on 21 and Brisbane Raw uh, one point further back on uh, on 20. So, yeah, they definitely have lost the points for now, hence why even with uh, City losing on the weekend, they're still in the Premier's plate position, but uh, they have appealed. Um, and look, even if they do have it overturned, I think it's taken the the the, um, the wind out of uh, Canberra sales. I don't think it was fair, and we, we've talk, talked about it last week. So hopefully, let's just put it to rest. It was a bum decision, and uh, you know, like I said, they need to look at that rule. But uh, my weekly rap has been replaced by a shout out, dedicating a weekly song to a team or a player for their good or bad performance. This week's shout out goes to impressive young Perth Glory shot stopper Cameron Cook. He, his team played for ninety plus minutes with ten men against the Wanderers and his numerous saves allowed his team to snatch a late winner. He has also recently been rewarded with a contract extension and a call-up to the Oliroo squad later this month. And the song we send to you is Lady Gaga's smash hit, Born This Way. Uh, no less than your performances deserve, young man, and we wish you all the best with the Oliroos in the remainder of the season with the glory. A-League men's table, Melbourne City played one less. They're on 40, and they're, they're clearing out from the rest of the pack. Adelaide United sitting in behind them on 34, Central Coast Mariners on 31, Wanderers also on 31, Wellington Phoenix also on 31 in fifth, and uh, four points further back is Sydney FC rounding out the top six. Melbourne City has a hand, one hand on the Premier's plate. Adelaide takes advantage of the results to move into second. Mariners and Phoenix with good wins. And unfortunately, the Jets and Bulls missed the chance to close the gap on Sydney.
Yeah, some some interesting results. Um, I think Adelaide probably the the big movers, or they, they take advantage over uh, Central Coast uh, and go up to second. And uh, I don't know if if, if we're going to see a, a Melbourne City Adelaide final um, at the New Allianz Stadium in Sydney. It's I think there's going to be some issues with that. Um, <laughs> you better you believe know, it. Let's <laughs> let, let's hope for for the APL's sake, uh, one of the Sydney teams or. Um, you know, the Central Coast sneak in, sneak into that final. Right, so let's get into our revolutionised roundup. So uh, we select a match of the day each and then we do a mini review of the other four games. So we talk about in the match of the day, the score, the goal scorers, the players of the game, the turning point and what we would have changed, either coach VIG or GO to try and get a result for either one team or both teams. Uh, so the first game was Perth Glory versus Western Sydney Wanderers on Friday. The final score was 1-0 to Perth Glory. The goal scorer was Irishman Aaron McEffney in the 96 minutes, so a really, really late uh, winner. The player of the match for me, as already talked about in our shout-out, was glory keeper Cameron Cook. His saves allowed them to, or his team, the glory, to steal the game. In particular, the, flinging himself to his left to deny uh, Snydling was a fantastic save. I think he, he did have a little bit of luck with uh, the post helping him out on a couple of occasions to deny Ewan Hoff as well as Borello, but uh, he was fantastic. And I thought that uh, he was a big reason why uh, the glory walked away with all three points in their first game back at NIB Stadium. Like you said, uh, Cameron Cook and goals was, was brilliant, but... Um... It, it was just I don't know maybe playing playing back at back at NIB Stadium. Um, they had a bit of a lift from the crowd, um, so you know like it's it's always it's always difficult after going a man down. But sometimes there's more space on the field. You're a bit more structured, a bit more concentrated. So players have to lift and and step up, and and that's what they all did. This was a weird one. So the turning point, there was a turning point when Elsie was red carded in only the second minute, which uh, I thought was absolute rubbish. I know they're saying it was a bad tackle, but there, if you know Jordan Elsie, there's no intent from him. He's not that sort of player. Uh, and it was a tackle that, okay, did injure that player, but he stayed on the pitch. I don't think it was a straight red. I think it was very harsh, especially that early on in the game. Any which way, that happened in the second minute, um, but the Wanderers never took advantage. So it was a turning point, which they didn't take advantage of. But then in the 84th minute, Tommy Mercer was sent off for a professional foul when uh, Williams got away from him. Uh, and then 12 minutes later, Glory did take advantage of it. So the turning point was when uh, Tommy Mercer squared the ledger and uh, both teams were down to 10 men and allowed uh, you know uh, the Glory to steal that win. What I would have done to change the game, so Wanderers were unlucky hitting the post twice, Cook pulling off some quality saves and having 29 shots, so maybe it just was one of those days. But I thought Wanderers' formation was too negative. They played a 4-2-3-1, and I would have introduced Yengi earlier. He came on the 78th and Milanovic in the 86th. How many shots do you have to give these guys? If you're at a um, if you're at a fair or an Easter show or something and you go and pick up the, the, the duck rifle and you shoot and you don't hit a duck, how long do you give for someone before you realise they're not going to win a prize, right? Give someone else a shot. He, they've had 20-something shots, 22 shots, 23 shots. Get some players on sooner than that. Marco Rodan should have made some subs earlier. You know, you're, you're up a man. Uh, be more attacking. Give give someone the freedom to to move forward or, or make um make the substitution and, and really put the pressure on Perth, which, like you said, I don't think they did. I think they sort of just were waiting for something to happen. And then something did happen. Mercer got sent off, and and then all of a sudden, um, you know, the the game's uh, the game's gone. Nothing against the Wanderers, but I am happy that uh, that the Glory did get something out of it because they put in a very brave performance, and it would have been very easily when you're not currently in the playoff spots to just throw the towel in, right? But they didn't. They fought their fought their absolute butts off for the whole game. So I think they got what they deserved. Moving on to the first of the Saturday games, it was the Central Coast Mariners hoping to bounce back against the Macarthur Bulls. What was the score here, VIG? Yeah, so this is my uh, match of the round. Uh, final score was 4-1 uh, to the Central Coast Mariners. Goal scorers for the Mariners were uh, James McGarry, uh, Cummings with two, and Marco Tulio with one. And uh, for MacArthur was uh, Danny De Silva. So Just touching well, on that, VIG, a change is as good as a holiday. James McGarry scored one goal in 50 appearances at the Jets and the Phoenix and now has three goals in six games for the Mariners. He does, and I think he's got... Two goal, two of those goals against uh, Newcastle as well. So he's he's old. He's oh no, one against Newcastle, one against Wellington. So two against his old, uh, his old employers. So maybe this is um, just his four leaf clover club, right? Like seriously, he scored he scored one in fifty, and now he's got uh, and and now he's got three and six. So he's a goal every two games. Yeah, he's he's getting high and in good positions and and into the box and 
um, you know, the ball's finding his feet and, and his finishing. His shot on the weekend was a was a great finish. So yeah, it was classic um, finish. He, he's he's doing he's doing well for for the Mariners and um, you know a four one win for them uh, after a couple of rough weeks. Um, you know, hopefully they're they're back on track now. Um, my my player of the match in this one was Marco Tulio. He got one goal and assist. Lo- lovely finish for his goal. Um, he's a player that's been he's been in and out of the team, but he's he's a professional. Every time he comes in, he, he does his best. Um, and for me, you know, he's he's a, he's a bit of a leader in that team where they've got a few young players around him. I know he's got Cummins up top, and and I actually quite like uh, Tulio and Cummins. Um, playing together up top. So I think they really feed off each other. Cummins with another two goals. Uh, you know, he could have been a, a close second, but he's I, I decided to give it to, to Tulio with his one goal and assist. And uh, what would you have, uh, what was the turning point for so you? The turning point for me was half time. It was a, a different Mariners team that came out in, in, in the second half and a, a different MacArthur team. And, um, you know, we were said about MacArthur, they need to find this consistency and they had a few chances and they had some good possession in the first half. But they couldn't quite capitalise, and uh, they go into the break at, at one all, and then they they come out after the break and and they cop a goal, you know, pretty much straight off the bat. So um, a tale of two halves, but you know we've said this a million times in football: half time can can change a, a lot of things. And you, you get in, the coach has a chat to your players. It's how those players come out and respond. And we saw Central Coast come out and respond, and we saw Macarthur pretty much stay in the shed. So. Um, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that that literally that that that's that that was it. So the second half they just they just wilted. They were, they were nowhere to be seen, and and Central Coast just blew them out of the water in the first fifteen minutes of that second half with three goals. What changes um, are you making? Yeah, what I would have changed. So the, the Mariners had a young young inexperienced Cameron Windust at centre back, partnering Daniel Hall, who's also fairly young. Yes, he's he's played you know a couple games in the A League, um, Windust, but. He's. I would have. I would have targeted him. I would have tested him more. I would have put some some more balls into the box. I would have had players running at him. Um, I feel like they were just Macarthur were just a, a bit timid. They they didn't really. No one stood up and and really put themselves in. You know, take the game. You got to take the game by the scruff of the neck sometimes, and you got to make things happen. And no one did that for Macarthur. And I would have been targeting the the, the two centre backs because as a pairing, I'm not sure how many times they played together. Mate, question for you before we move on. Do you like what you've seen from Bulls under Sterajowski? So seven points from 21. They've conceded a massive 20 goals and only scored nine. Well, when you put it like that, plain as simple. <laughs> I, I probably plain, haven't put the noose around his neck, but I, plain, I plain, as, plain, as, plain as simple is a no. Like, you know, seven points out of 21, yeah, not, not great. Um, they're conceding, you know, three, four goals a game, um, not great. So defensively, uh, it's for for me when I watch them defensively, they've got no structure. It looks like the players are just doing whatever they want. Um, there's no fluidity to their build-up play, um, and the results are, are showing that. So, yeah, plain and simple, no, I don't like what I'm seeing, and I haven't really liked what I've seen from Macarthur all season, to be honest. Mate, I, I, we know you've got. Uh the superstar Brendan Wyatt there and he's fit as a fiddle. Why don't they just chuck him in the centre of the park without Uli there? Just get him to run around. Like I'm sure uh, he, he's a footballer too, right? He's not just a physio, he's a footballer. Let him give him a run. Give him his first day league cap. He deserves it. Um I'm sure I'm sure he could do a, a the same job or if not better than than some. All right, so moving on to the uh the second of the Saturday games. It was the Newcastle Jets versus Adelaide United. The final score was uh four two in favour of the away team Adelaide United. Quick summary of this, five first-half goals in an, inter- in, in an entertaining opening 45 minutes, but Adelaide with way too much strike power. Former Jet, now Adelaide captain Goodwin with a goal plus two assists, and the sensational young Iren Kunda adding another goal to his already impressive tally. He's a freak. He's a freak. Um, yeah, look, goal, goals galore, which we love to see as a, as a football fan, especially a neutral, so... Um, like you said, five goals in the first half. There was plenty of action, um, and you know, a great advertisement for for a lack of defending um, in this fixture. But yeah, look, Iran Kunda off the bench again and, and scores. Craig Goodwin with another goal. Uh, I think Zach Adelaide just too grabs one, aren't they? For for uh, for the Jets' outfit, they're just too good. 
Yeah, look, all, all around, they've been solid all year, Adelaide. I know they're sitting in um, in second spot now. Um, and like I said, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago I was saying the Wanderers are the only team that can that can probably challenge Melbourne City. Um, you know, maybe Adelaide uh, are there as well. They, they beat them uh, I'd last throw, week. I'd so throw their name in the ring as well. I would. I, I, at the moment, I, I'm thinking... You know, potentially it could be them because the Wanderers are struggling to find that consistency, uh, especially, you know, away trips for, for them. So, yeah, look, oh, I don't know. I, I, I also I, wouldn't rule out the Phoenix. I, I like what I see from the Phoenix. I uh, I think they tick boxes in all the key areas where they need to. Uh, are they the best team in the league? I don't think so. But I think on their day, if City or Adelaide or any of those teams don't turn up, they could get stung hard by uh, Wellington. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in for that as well. But yeah, like I said, I, I thought in my head it was, it was the Wanderers that, that were going to challenge. Now Adelaide is sort of creeping up and, and maybe taking over them. And, and like you said, Wellington, um, they have, they have up top, they've, they've got goals galore in them. So, um, we'll, we'll talk about that now. All right. Speaking of the, uh, Wellington Phoenix, they, uh, hosted Sydney FC in the other Saturday game. What happened here? Yeah. So it was a, a one nil win to Wellington. Um, it was uh, Ufak Tale's 100th game in charge. So, uh, against they, his uh, old club too that he used to against, play. Against his old club, against his uh, his old teammates. So I hope, hope the boys took him out uh, for a couple of drinks after the game. But um, it was uh, Oscar Zawada who continued his hot streak in front of goal, the striker scoring the only goal of the game uh, to help Wellington to, to a 1-0 win. Um, you know, I thought Sydney in the second half were, were really good. They, they threw everything at him, but uh, Wellington... Uh, we stood uh, the pressure and um, Sawada's goal. It, it was a, it was a nice nice finish, a, a nice ball into the box by uh, Lucas Moragas, and he, he just out jumped, out muscled, jolking uh, on, on the back stick. And um, you know, I was a little bit disappointed with the the Sydney lineup. You know, you're, you're playing two left backs, Caballo and King are playing. You have got Patrick Wood on the bench again, uh, Kacharski on the bench. Um, you know, like what? What do these young kids have to do? You, you're playing without a, a an out and out striker. Uh, you got Robert Mack up there, uh, drifting in and out, and and you know he's more suited to to a wing. But I don't know. I don't. From Sydney, it was disappointing that yes, they had a lot of ball and a lot of possession in that second half, but a lot of their chances came um, from outside the box, from from long distance shots. So uh, creative wise, I don't think they were. You know. Being able to penetrate it and, and make that final pass, or get it into the box to to an out and out number nine who can sniff around the box and, and create something. Um, so a little bit disappointing for me from Sydney. But let me um, throw two things at you then. So Zawada with his twelfth goal of the season, is he the buy of the year? Look, he, he's going to go close. Yes, I, I think. Who, who, who stands up to him then after you get a guy who comes in? You know, they had Tom Hammond there before he went to Wanderers the season before and they were relying on a lot of goals from him. Last year, they didn't have someone who was bagging them, you know, and, and basically leading from the front all the time as well as they had Ball and other guys around there. They didn't have someone who was going to get there 15 or 18 for the season. Who else? If, if it's not Zawada, who, who is the buyer of the year? Yeah, I, I don't know at the moment. I like, I, I like Marcelo at, at the at the Wanderers, but, you know, he's been a bit hot and cold of, of late, but... Um, look, Zawada, you, you can't you can't deny like the stats speak for themselves. You know, twelve goals now. Um, we'll see. Let's let's see how far Wellington go if they can make a push. Uh, you know, make they need to first cement their spot in the top six. Six, but if they can make a uh, a push in the finals, then uh, maybe he is the buy of the season. Okay, and Payne's tackle on Mac penalty or no pen? Simple answer. Mm, I'm saying pen. I'm saying pen too. Uh, I thought he definitely oh, got enough. Uh, he definitely got enough. Did he get out of his way? Did he have to get out of his way? I don't think he needs to get out of his way, but he left his leg there long enough for him to stop Mac from progressing into the box. So, yeah, yeah. I'm saying I'm saying penalty. It's 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 a bit disappointing. I've seen him go both ways, but I don't want to be too biased as a as a Sydney FC fan. But I'm not a Sydney um, FC fan. Yeah, but I would, blown, right. I would have blown a pen. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it from you then. All right, so Melbourne City versus uh, Brisbane Raw was the uh, the only Sunday game. It was won by the uh, champions 2-1, Melbourne City. Brisbane Raw put up a brave fight despite not seeing much of the ball, and it took two pieces of individual brilliance from unlikely hero Aidan O'Neill for Melbourne City to secure another home win. So they made hard work of it. Uh, I know that uh, our mate uh, Jordan Holmes saved a pen from uh, 
golden boot man, uh, J-Mac, but uh, it was all in vain, unfortunately, for him. He didn't wasn't able to still get something out of the game, but uh, it was a brave performance from a, a raw team that's had a pretty tough year, losing players and changing coaches and so on. And, uh, you know, they could, they could have deserved a, probably a point, but uh, City just good enough in the end to get all three points. Yeah, and an unusual goal scorer for City, you know, J-Mac missing a penalty and, and Aidan O'Neill steps up with, uh, with two lovely goals. So, um, look, they're just... They're just a class team. They've got you know plenty of depth. A um, little bit of a, a speed bump last in, in the road last week, uh, losing to Adelaide. So uh, they've come back and and rectified that. And at, at the end of the day, yeah, Jay Shea gets one back uh, with with a penalty. But um, you know, I think City just just too good all round and 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 too strong as a squad. And and that's why they're top of the league. All right, and moving on to today's game. So if you're in Melbourne. Uh you got some nice football on your public holiday. So the victory uh, hosted Western United in another derby. What happened here? Yeah, not, not a bad game of football. Just finished up watching it. Um, 2-1 to Western United in the end. Um, so commiserations to, to yourself. But uh, goal scorers for, for Western United were Noah Bodic and uh, Prijevic with the winner. And uh, for victory was uh, Fornaroli to, to get it back to one all. Um so, look, I think victory just, they've been the same for me all season. Um, just haven't been desperate enough in, in both boxes, um, defending-wise, shutting down players, stopping crosses coming in, uh, a little bit pedestrian, uh, players sort of standing around, not going to the ball. Um, and and up top, they just haven't created enough. I, I just, look, for me, Popper hasn't got the best out of his players because, when you look at their squad on paper and the players they've got, the players they've brought in, um, they, there's no way they should be sitting last in the league. Like, no no, no chance at all. Yeah, look, I think uh, as disappointing it is to see a team like Victory with the players they have, even though they've had you know some, some key injuries this year, it's disappointing to see them, uh, you know, lose the game. But I'm equally as excited watching someone like uh, Noah Bodic, who's um, a young Aussie player who's coming up. And like I said, the guy each week now is just delivering – uh, week in, week out, he's showing up. Some of the bigger names in the Prijeviches and the uh, you know, Diamantes and these sorts of guys. And when you've got players like this in your squad, usually they dominate the headlines, you know, your Lockie Wales and your Connor Paynes and that. And at the moment, all it seems to be all about is Noah Bodic, and I think he deserves every bit of uh, headline he, he's getting. He's he's fantastic. Hopefully this run keeps going. And uh, like I said, you know, he um, he turns into not only the main man for Western, Western United, but he also... Uh, can do some great things for our Australian uh, under, under uh, Olympic squad or for the for the national team. Yeah, I think he's just been picked in that uh, the the next um, run of games for the for the Olympic. I think the qualifiers. So yeah, brilliant. Um, ho- hopefully, he continues that form for the Oli Roos and and gets us to another um, another Olympic Games in uh, Paris in twenty four. All right, that's the end of our revolutionised roundup. Up, up after the break, we welcome to the player escape room a young man hoping to be back soon to help his teams push for silverware. Adelaide United's Harry Vandersag joins us after the break. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Joining us now in the player escape room is a young man who we're all looking forward to seeing back on the pitch. Please welcome to the show Adelaide United's talented defender, Harry Vandersag. G'day, Harry. Welcome to the show. Hey, mate. Uh, it's good to be here. Um, yeah, I'm keen to see what it's all about and I'm um, keen to get started. Mate, how's everything with you? Yeah, no, it's going well. Um, actually just started running yesterday, so uh, hopefully another maybe four or five weeks and I uh, should be back on the pitch. Yeah, mate. Look, I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit for listeners. So uh, in December last year at training, you suffered a tear in your right medial meniscus, which required surgery. Uh, devastating not only for you, but for the club because, uh, you know, you were starting to really find your feet. But uh, now, like the good thing is that uh, you've, I know you've worked really hard in rehab, and uh, you, like we said, you're four or five weeks away, which is very exciting, especially as uh, your teams put themselves in a very nice position the last few weeks, sitting uh, second on the table, and uh, anything's possible. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, the boys are doing uh, really well. Um, you know, we're getting, I think we're unbeaten in eight games or something. Some, I think some of like that. Uh, big result on the weekend against City. So, um, you know, if the boys can keep getting some more wins, I think we'll be put ourselves. Um, in a good spot for finals football. So at the moment, mate, are you just uh, basically is it weight training and all that sort of stuff? Is that the slow, steady back back onto the pitch? Yeah, I had a bit of a bit of a slow burner for my rehab. Like I had to just because of my my certain surgery, I had to wait twelve weeks before I could start running. So 
I'm at that, you know, 12, 13 week mark at the moment. So it was a bit, um, a bit boring and a bit slow at the start. But, you know, once I, I got off crutches, it sort of, you know, it was a bit more exciting, you know, doing, yeah, it was a lot of gym, um, a lot of sort of fitness on the assault bike, um, and all that sort of stuff. But now I'm on pitch now. So hopefully it goes a little bit quicker. Mate, were the, uh, crutches, were they put as firewood? Were they pitched off a, <laughs> Off a bridge, what was happening? Because you would have been damn sick of those. Yeah, so I was on crutches for six weeks. Um, so that was that was a bit frustrating. That was sort of over Christmas time as well. So you know what? Not a nice time to. It's a nice time of year, you know, to be with your family and stuff. So my family had to come down to Adelaide and sort of see me on my crutches. Uh, it was nice, but it was you know, it was a different Christmas this year. But um, yeah, it was definitely a bit of a slow burner. But you know, I'm glad to be off them and um, sort of back on the mend. Mate, you were settling very well at Adelaide. You scored your first goal against your old club, Sydney, to snatch a valuable away point for your team, and then the injury occurred. What has been your role in the team since you've been sidelined? So uh, are you the joker? Are you the water boy? What's what's the gig? What are they giving you? <laughs> uh, probably I just try and stay out of the boys' way, you know. Um, I try and, you know, do my thing in the gym and um, – yeah, not too much to be honest. Uh, it's a bit. It is a bit lonely, I think, when you're injured. Sometimes, um, you know, we've been pretty unfortunate this year. Um, we've had a few pretty tough injuries with Juan Day and um, recently Juan Day and George uh, and sort of Stevie Hall as well hasn't really caught a break. So I haven't been too lonely, but yeah, I try and sort of stay out of their way and um, try and do my own thing. But yeah, I haven't you know just sort of trying to get get on with it. Mate, talking about lonely, and like I said, I think all players have been there. I used to back in a million years ago when I was playing too. But uh, tell us how you tackled the physical and mental recovery, mate. It's not easy. It's, uh, you know, like I said, besides having to go in and every day doing the physical shift, it's a mental challenge as well. And it looks like you're, you're traveling really well with that. So can you tell us how have you dealt with that? Yeah, well, I've been pretty fortunate in my career so far. I haven't really had any injuries. So, um, yeah, I think I've handled it okay. You know, you know, you have your days where you're you're down and gloomy, but you've got to sort of kind of look at the bigger picture. Um, and you know, it's it's a sh- it's you know you got to look at the bigger picture. You know, like I, I'm I'm probably be out for about four four to five months, but you know, I could have been an ACL or you know, poor old Josh Cavallo in our team's just done his Achilles. So you've got to sort of kind of put yourself in other people's shoes as well. You know, you've got to get on with it, and you know. At the end of the day, I do what I love, you know. Um, I know a lot of my mates who are, you know, digging holes on 40-degree day. So you've got to kind of look at the bigger picture. Um, if you've got to do rehab for three or four months, it's, it's what you've got to do to get back what you do. So um, it, is, it is what it is, to be honest. Nice, mate. Mate, you made the move to Adelaide after a few successful seasons at Sydney FC. Why the change and how's life in SA? <clears throat> uh, I just think it was a... Uh, maybe get out of my comfort zone a bit. You know, I was I was at Sydney. I had such a good time there with all the boys, and you know, made some really good friends. Um, and I'm still close with some of them now. But um, I think it was probably just a, a right time to move on. Um, you know, I had I sort of was there since I was 18, 19, and you know, I wanted to probably play a little bit more. Um, and you know, Sydney's quite a tough team to sort of crack it in. They're they're, they're always you know top top two, top three team. Um, and so I just thought maybe Adelaide would be a good fit for me. I know um, when Kyle sort of came up, uh, the opportunity came up, I didn't really want to let it pass, and, um, yeah, I thought it was a good move for me, and, you know, I started well, but obviously the injury was quite unlucky, but, you know, I'm really loving life here in uh, South Australia. What's the biggest difference, mate, between living uh, in South Australia compared to living in Sydney? Probably traffic, to be honest. That's good. So you're not yeah, a big fan of traffic. I don't think many people are, but yeah, uh, no, definitely le- less traffic. Um, but yeah, it's a really nice place. Um, it's like a quite small country town. Obviously, a lot different to Sydney, but no, I'm I'm loving it. Um, I'm really enjoying life down here. It's really nice in the summer. Um, there's really nice beaches, nice cafes, and restaurants that I like to go to with some of my mates. So no, I'm really enjoying it. The other thing that you probably don't miss is the fact that when you travel around Sydney now, it's $50 for tolls to go anywhere. So in Adelaide, yeah, I'm guessing right. they don't sting you as much as they do here. So you can just go for a nice drive and, and it doesn't cost you $50 before you even get to a cafe. Yeah, that's so true, actually. That's the, that's true about Adelaide, you know. Like if you want to go to some part of Adelaide, it's like everything's pretty much 15 minutes. In Sydney, it's like close to 40 minutes from each place, you know. So 
I'm starting to rethink where I'm living now, I think. (laughs) I'm starting to make myself feel bad uh, with all the stuff that we have to deal with in Sydney. But, uh, (laughs) mate, what do you miss most about Sydney? All jokes aside, it is still a a cracking place, and as Adelaide is, what do you miss most? Probably my my family and and my uh, my close mates, Um, especially, you know, that I've been injured. It hasn't been easy. You know, I sort of, I moved down here to play football, not to sort of, you know, be injured. So, um, yeah, I definitely miss my family and friends, but, you know, that's the sacrifice you, you have to make to be a, if you want to be a footballer. So probably, yeah, my friends and family most. Mate, as soon as you get back on the pitch, I'll be looking at the uh, the fixtures to see uh, when you're coming to play the Bulls, when you're coming to play Sydney FC and so on. And that's yeah. how they build their their schedules. And that's what I'll be looking down the barrel of, I think, in a few years' time when my young fella gets from under-12s up to, to to hopefully the level you're playing. Yeah. Is the player, mate, you wish it had followed you to the Reds? I know, like I said, you're very close with your teammates now, but is there – I usually find with the when I speak to my guests that there's usually one player that you would, would wish that came with you. It's just someone that you just click with a little bit better than most. Is there someone at Sydney FC that uh, you wish should follow you down to uh, Adelaide? Um, yeah, probably Joel King. I'm okay. pretty close with Kingy, but, you know, he's, he's doing really well, I think. Um, obviously, he got to move to Denmark, and he's now back in the A-League. So, um, yeah, probably I'm pretty close with Joel. Um, but, yeah, 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 there's a few boys. You know, it's hard to name one or a few, but probably maybe Kingy or, you know, Patrick Wood. I'm good match with them, so... Yeah, nice. I, I bet they're all waiting for you to get on the pitch so they can uh, have that rivalry started back up again. But uh, yeah. hey, besides recovery, what else has been filling in the temporary football void? Have you got any <coughs> new hobbies? Is there something new you've started doing? Are you painting? Are you, are you sewing? What are you doing? What are you? What's filling in time? Oh, it's quite funny because we had a you know we had a break for the World Cup. You know, I got the chance to go back to Sydney, and then that was sort of when my knee was a bit. Started having a look at it and I actually brought my surfboard down, you know, because I knew we were coming into summer. So I, I would have liked to have a surf down here. But obviously I, I had the surgery in the middle of the summer. So it was, um, that was probably one of the main things. Otherwise, I, I like going to, there's some really nice beaches down south here. Uh, you probably travel about an hour. So I've been doing quite of that, you know. I love going down to the beach. I think it's just a nice, nice way to re- uh, refresh your mind. Mate, on the bright side, though, it's, it was something obviously we wish hadn't happened to you, but you're still very young, right? So you still got plenty of chances to do your surfing and, and get on the pitch. But, uh, mate, I'd like to play two games with my guests, the first one being six aside, where I ask you six questions comparing you and Adelaide teammate. You ready to roll? Yep, yep let's do it. All right, first one. Who is more competitive, you or Ryan Kiddo? Oof. That's tough. I, I, I think probably, I think, yeah, kiddo, kiddo is very is quite competitive. I think, yeah, probably kids. All right, what, what's he do? Is there something? Is it uh, whether it be you know something that you do at training, or is it something outside of training? Whether it's golf or whether it be you know a pool or something, is is he always wanting to win? Yeah, he's always he's got that. Yeah, kids has got such a good mentality with that. Um, well, I, all I got to say about that question is probably if if I'm on like small side of games, I want to be on kiddo's team. You know, <laughs> okay. All right. Who is more likely to be late to training or to the airport for an away game? You or Nestori Irakunda? Uh, yeah, that's Nesta for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Even if he's got the folks driving him to the to training and game, he's still going to be late. Hundred percent. Okay. 100%. Is he? What's What's the last thing he was late for? If obviously you you get to notice a bit more because you're not playing right when you're playing. You're obviously more focused on yourself, but when you're out injured, you're, you're kind of noticing a lot of stuff and you're probably saying, I never noticed that before when I was playing because I was so busy doing my own thing, but now you're watching. So is he just late to everything? Lately, you know, I think you can see, you know, him on the pitch as well. Like he's been doing so well and I think that reflects what he's doing off the field. So I think, you know, Nesta's really, you know, had some disciplinary um, stuff going on earlier on in the season. And um, yeah, I think you can really see that, you know, it's he's starting to, you know, sort of flick the switch a little bit. Um, but I think he's been really good lately. But I think, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely put myself before uh, if Nesta was going to be late. Mate, I'd love to steal his showreel and just superimpose. I'm not bad on the computer. I'm st- superimpose my head on his and then I can maybe send it over to a few clubs overseas and say, you oh, can't be right. Like, his showreel is, like, ridiculous. Yeah, he uh, he's doing really well at the moment. Um, yeah, he's. Um, I think he'll. he's attracting a lot of interest, um, not only for himself but towards Adelaide. So he's doing us all a favour too. Good for everyone. Mate, yeah. this is a very important one for me, so uh, think about this one carefully. Who would do a better job minding my two kids and my do- my two dogs, you or Luis Dorigo? 
that's tough. Mm. Is it because you're both so rubbish that neither of you do a good job? Probably. I think, <laughs> I think that's a tie. I don't know. I think yeah. that's a tie. I'll, you know, I'll give it to Louis. I'll give, I'd say Louis probably do a better job. All right. I've had guys in the past say, maybe we can just draw straws. One can take the kids and one can take the dogs. Yeah, no, yeah that, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> yeah, I think it would work. And I don't know, who, I don't know it would be an easier job. The kids, the kids and the dogs. I'll look at the dogs. Yeah, oh, they're two labs. One's one's uh, under a year old, and the other one's 15, 15 years old. So uh, one likes busting the other one's chops, and the other one's trying to get away from us. So um, yeah. yeah, it could be a bit of work, but I, I think you might be up for it. Oh, I'll be up for it for sure. I love dogs. So. All right. Do you have a dog of your own? Yeah, I've got a little uh, blue healer at home. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you missed the blue healer? Yeah, I definitely miss her a little bit as well. What's her name? Uh, Letty. Okay. Mate, yeah. I, I hear this a lot from footballers, right? You know, I, I know that uh, Jordan Elsey's got Bentley, his dog, and he uh, he took it from Adelaide, obviously across to the Jets, and then it was just too far to take it to Perth, so it's gone home again. And it was like yeah. leaving a family member behind, right? Yeah. So I get this because I've got dogs, but some people don't. They're like, but it's your dog. And it's like, yeah, but you don't understand. It's part of the family. They've got the same surname. It's true. It's true. It's <laughs> That's true. how it works, That's right? right? That's right. No, it's tough. Um, I definitely miss my dog a lot. Actually, when I go back to Sydney, it's like it's so good, you know, get to see my dog and stuff. I was thinking about getting a dog here, um, but you know, it's tough because, like, well, when I was playing, you know, you're away every every one or two weeks, so it's, it's kind of unfair on the dog. Yeah, mate, you just got to wait till you hang the boots up. But uh, that's right. Who's the uh, Who's the better dancer, you or Joe Travolta, Gauchi? <laughs> well, I can't dance, but to be fair, either can Gauchi. So. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give it a gouchy. He's got the confidence, so he, he can take that one. Mate, we, I'd asked him that question the week before the first uh, video came out from Network 10 showing him doing that dancing in the in the uh, change rooms. Yeah. And I and I took some blame for it because I know that he, he likes to dance, but I know his partner doesn't like him dancing. So I've taken some some of that responsibility because <laughs> I think I, I revved him up a bit and I've seen it happen a few times since. So, uh, yeah, look, I, look I, I don't know if he's good or bad, but uh, he gets A for effort. And uh, A for confidence. So, um, all right. So he's he's got you covered on the dance floor. Yeah, I think he actually got me covered there. All right. Who is mo more likely to pick up the bill? So if you're out together as a team and there's multiple people there, who's a chance of picking up the whole bill? You or Zach Clough? <laughs> Cluffy, 100%. I'd make, him, I'd make him pay. <laughs> oh, you make him pick up the bill? 100%. Cause, you and know, there's, no, and there's no hesitation from him? Oh, I think that'd be a little bit, you know, he loves telling us about how he used to play at Nottingham Forest and he's, he's mates all these <laughs> Premier League players. So, you know, no, mate, no worries, mate. You can you can take the bill then, buddy. But, oh. nah, yeah, I think, yeah, Cloughy's a top guy. He would definitely mate, take the bill. I've got no problem, but I'd, I'd let him take it. You're too nice a guy, Harry, so I'm going to get you to chuck someone on the bus here too. Is there someone there who would just run from the bill? Like, I, I've seen players before where they make out they've got to take a call or they've got to go to the toilet or something comes up. Is there someone there who you just know? that? And the funny thing is it puts a target on you because when you do that, everyone wants you to pay then. True. Um, no, I think, it, to be fair, I think everyone's pretty good. If I'm going to say it's anyone, I will say Asad Kasumovic. Okay. No chance. He, he's, he's got, he's got uh, short, short arms and long pockets, right? <laughs> no, nah, but I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'd pay. But I can't really pinpoint anyone. But if it was going to be anyone, I'd probably say AK. Okay. What about the What about the gaffer? Would uh, Carl Veed or would, would Millsy Milligan pick up the bill? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'd they'd, they'd uh, pick up a bill. I've seen Millsy pick it up plenty of times, so uh, I know he definitely <laughs> would. I don't know about Carl, but I know Millsy 100 percent would pick it up. Yeah, nah, probably yeah. Pick, he'd probably pick up a few other tables on the way as well and pay theirs. Yeah. He's a good nah, they're good guys. They're good guys. I'm sure they would. They'd definitely pay the bill. Who would make the better Hollywood actor, you or Alexander Popovich? Probably Popovich. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What sort of movie would you see him in? I reckon like goal four. If there's going to be a goal four, it'd probably be Alexander Popovich. Doug Munez has got the bin. I reckon Popovich probably, he'd probably be goal four, starring Alexander Popovich. All right. And you, you, you just give it to him because he's good or you're just not keen on being in front of the camera or what, what's, the, what's the deal with you? I don't know. I can't really see myself being in a Hollywood movie, to be honest. I probably couldn't, like, yeah, I'm not a very good actor. Well, lucky you're a good footballer then, right? They <laughs> focus for a certain amount of time, to be fair. Well, thank the Lord that you got, you're got good at football, right? Yeah, that's right. If that's I thought I'd be football, I'd probably be a tradie, so that's probably the other thing. Mate, there's nothing wrong with that. You're, mate, you're telling me you're nah. making holes in that, so we, we, yeah, mate, we, we don't be, want to I'll offend be, your mates. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there with them as well. 
Mate, one bonus one. Tell us one thing you know you're much better at than a teammate. So you only arrived at Adelaide this year after obviously leaving Sydney. When you yeah. walked in, there's one. is there one thing that you noticed straight away off the bat? You got a free hit here that I'm definitely better at this or that than this player? Um, no, nah, not necessarily. Um, you know, I don't try and compare myself to other people. And you've definitely got a better mo or a better hairstyle than plenty of guys down in Adelaide. So I think, I think you're being kind. I think you're being kind, mate. Like I said, I, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus because I, I want to make sure I can still get Adelaide players on the show. Oh, I've got a bad one. Asad Kasumovic. He was rocking a, uh, he was rocking. I, I, I actually sort of come up with a nickname. I started calling him Lloyd Christmas because he looked like the guy off Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> he had like the fringe like that. And I'm going, mate, what are you doing? Like, so now he's fixed it up. He's got his like curly perm, so it looks a little bit better. But you know, he was uh, he was definitely rocking the Lloyd Christmas haircut for a while. Hey, as a as a footballer, that's one thing you definitely can't get away with is average hairstyles or probably average dress sense. Probably the dress sense maybe a little bit, but uh, hairstyles definitely not. But uh, mate, look, you've smashed that out the park. So let's get into the game. The second game we like to play called One Two. I'll give you yeah. uh, a few topics. You just tell me your thoughts and a few words on those topics. All right, Captain Courageous Craig Goodwin. Yeah, he's uh, you know, that's that sort of sums him up. Um, you know, he's a perfect leader for us on and off the field. You know, um, and he's actually the perfect example to you want to be like him. You know, look at him on the world stage. You know, he killed it for Australia, so that's perfect for us young boys to try and aspire to be like. Yeah, he's an absolute cracking guy and uh, killed it at the World Cup. And uh, look, yeah. hopefully uh, Adelaide can hold on to him because I'm sure there's plenty of big clubs around the world. And if they're not, then they've got rocks in their head because uh, he's yeah. some player and you want a guy like that around your club who sets a great example on and off the pitch, like you said. So, mate, not surprised at all. Your skills in the kitchen, cooking. Are you a good cook now? You're in Adelaide by yourself without the family. Yeah, I'm actually okay. That's good. Uh, I just sort of rotate steak, salmon and chicken each oh, week. And- this is the protein here. And uh, yeah, well, I, have, I haven't been running, so I've got to eat. I've got to kind of eat well. Um, so yeah, just try and rotate that, and maybe add a spaghetti in every now and then. Mate, I'm impressed, mate. This is something I've learned about you today. Oh, yeah, mate. Like I said, a lot of guys sit there and they uh, um and ah, and then they start pointing for the uh, Uber Eats uh, barcode or you know the, the QR code and all this sort of stuff, or saying, oh yeah, I'm not bad. And then I ask them what dish do you make and. I can see the gun on their phone trying to find a dish that will, will sound half decent, but mate, this yeah. is good. Mate, this yeah, is- I, I find you know the simpler the better. I just sort of put a salmon and, and a salad together. I just yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's you try and make it as simple as possible. Otherwise, you just you're just looking at too many recipes, and then you end up. That's when you end up ordering Uber Eats because you can't cook it properly. You know. Bravo, Harry. Mate, I'm impressed. Carl Viet. Um, very like reserved. Um, but I like that because, you know, you, um, that's kind of what I, I kind of enjoy being coached under. Um, me personally as a player, he's really like, he's quite a very good man manager. He knows how to manage his players very well. Um, and for me, he gets the best out of all of his players. So, yeah. And if he's a little bit quiet, how do you guys know when he's cranky as, right? When obviously, you know, there's, if, if you got touched up like, uh, like United did by Liverpool 7-0 the other day, then it would, yeah. it would be hard to work out the gaffer's not happy. But if it was a close game where you think you guys have played pretty well and maybe you've just made a mistake, uh, like against Wanderers where, you know, three guys watched a guy skate past and did a little yeah. and whatever. But how do you know if Carl Viet's not happy? Oh, he'd probably tell you that there and there on the on the pitch, to be fair. All right, that's good. So he's yeah. as he, quiet as he is, mate. It's, it's one bullet to the head, right? If, he, if he's not happy with something. Yeah, yeah, which is good. You know, it's that's kind of what you want, you know, no, no bullshit. So um, that's what he is and that's what, that's what I like about him. Right, singing at karaoke. Singing or karaoke? Uh, singing at karaoke. Are you good? Because the reason I say singing at karaoke is some people sit there and they think they can just watch their mates have a crack, right? So I'm, I'm saying you actually getting up behind the microphone. Any good? No, no. You're no not good? Chance. I can't sing. All right. But do you have a shot or no? You just, just no, pass? No, I'll just, uh, I'll probably watch. You sing in the shower? I do actually sing in the shower, to be fair. Depends what type of oh. mood, mood I'll sing in the shower. But. <laughs> All right. What's what's uh, what's your favourite? Who's your, who's your favourite? If you could go see anyone live, band? Uh, band? In- yeah. Um, I've only really been to one, con- one uh, two concerts, Amy Shark and Dua Lipa. So, okay. um. 
Oh, that's good yeah, enough. I didn't, I didn't mind them, but I, I'd probably I'd like to watch um, Sticky Fingers. To be honest, okay. that's uh, right. Well, I'm trying to put it out there so that if any of these promoters are listening, they go, "Oh, here we go, Harry Van Sark. Here's two yeah. tickets or three tickets." Oh, I'm great. trying my best, mate. I'm trying to get, get you something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm a bit late with uh, Ed Sheeran, I think, and uh, Harry Styles. Yeah, but, uh, playing across the road, actually, so that's pretty cool. I went to I went to I flew up to Queensland for it. Uh, to watch Ed Sheeran, he was absolutely ridiculous, and and to watch him go and then sing at the Children's Hospital and do all these things, the guy's an absolute superstar. So, uh, yeah, no, he's all- if he, if he comes back again, if I was you, I'd I'd be getting there. But uh, celebrity crush can be male, uh, female, doesn't have to be sport, can be any genre you like. Probably Margot Robbie. Okay, I've heard this plenty of times before. Yeah, I can't remember who it was recently. I, I, I can't oh. remember who it was late, lately. I think it was one of the, uh, I think it was James uh, Nikolovsky from the Brisbane Roar. I think he told me that he's, he's a big uh, Margot Robbie fan. So uh, I hear it quite a lot. Do you, uh, yeah. I, they told me too, she does great movies, right? But I, I think that's a bit of a cover story, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, she is a good actress, to be fair. Oh, um, what have you seen her in? <laughs> uh, I've seen her in a lot, to be fair. Focus. Um, she's pretty good in Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I didn't catch you out, did I? Nah. <laughs> no, I, I like. I first seen her in Focus. To be fair, that was like I was like, "Wow, very good actress." And yeah, she's. What about what about football? Is there some, a footballer that you either that you just look up to outside of Adelaide, or even in Adelaide, or a player that you you kind of have tried to mould your game on? Um, yeah, not a specific player. Um. You know, obviously, Messi. Messi's quite good too. You know, everyone wants to be like Messi. But um, personally, me probably, uh, uh, yeah, Alfonso Davies. I like the way he plays. Top That's sort of um, my sort of position. So um, I try and you know play like him. So it's not easy. Um, he's a machine. So yeah, I'd say probably Alfonso Davies. Nice. Your driving ability. Now, I know it's a bit slower over in Adelaide, so you, you don't need to be as uh, talented here. Are you a good driver? Are you, uh, are you patient in the car? I, I think I'm a good driver, yes, but I am not patient. That's for sure. I hate being late. I hate being late. Yeah. So if I'm running late, you know, I won't be. And there's a bit of traffic, yeah, I'll be, um, be a bit on edge. <laughs> All right, mate. Lucky, lucky. This is another good reason why you've moved out of uh, out of Sydney and into Adelaide. The only downside is no family, no friends, and no dog. But you still got no tolls. You got nice. Right. You got all this nice stuff going on down there. Nicer driving conditions. So there's there's plenty to like about Adelaide. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There's um. I think it's you've got to be a pretty bad driver to have an accident in Adelaide. I think. Okay. Something you've always wanted to do but have never tried. Buck cage diving. Okay. Are you going to have a crack or is it just something yeah, that's going to be on your bucket list and you're never going to? Me, me uh, and the Spaniards one day and uh, Pablo Lopez were actually going to go and do it, but I literally just had surgery. So um, that will probably be maybe on the cards sometime um, in the off season. Yeah, until Adelaide put in your contract, no shark diving. Now they've heard this. So uh, right. when, they, right. when, they, when they call you in during the week, right, and to check in how you're going, they'll, you'll also see that little, uh, little additional clause in your contract. That's right. That's right. That's probably, yeah. That's probably true. in Spanish. You won't even understand it. They'll put <laughs> yeah, it, they'll right. just put it three ways, all three contracts, just in Spanish, just makes it easier, right? No, okay, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I hope it's not too dangerous, but yeah, that's always something I'd love to do. All right. And what motivates you to work hard? Uh, probably my parents. Yeah. Okay. My parents. Yeah, they've uh, sacrificed a lot for you, haven't they? Yeah, yes. They, you know, not only have I sacrificed a lot, they've sacrificed so much, you know, when I was younger. Um, and you know they work so hard with their jobs, so they um yeah they're a massive motivation for me. Hey, tell me what when you went and told your parents you were leaving Sydney and moving to Adelaide, what was the reaction? Obviously excited for you, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think probably Dad was pretty pleased to get me out of the house to be honest. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, Mum was Mum was was happy, but you know quite upset. Um, but it's good, you know, I have a good relationship with my parents. So I, I call them pretty much every day after training on the way home or something um, when I get a free time. Um, so yeah, obviously they're upset, but um, yeah, they're, they're also happy for me to you know go and um, yeah, essentially live my life and um, live my dream. You're a good lad, Harry, and I'm I'm sure if uh, you lift some silverware this year at Adelaide, they'll forgive you. But uh, mate, I know you're a busy man. I thank you very much for your time. I wish you all the best with the uh, the recovery. We know we're getting close to seeing you back on the pitch, which is exciting for everybody. And uh, hopefully Adelaide continue to uh, keep powering up the table and. Uh, 
hopefully grab some silverware this year. But uh, look, mate, uh, if you're looking for anything else to do outside of football, maybe, like I said, you can start walking some other people's dogs or find something else to do because, uh, mate, uh, you are well-liked in, in football community and probably outside as well. But, uh, mate, once again, thank you very much for your time on the Football Revolution and uh, we'll check back in with you later in the year and hopefully uh, you're back banging goals on the pitch. I appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been my pleasure. The Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. It was great chatting with Harry, a terrific lad, and we hope to see him back on the pitch soon. Up first in our clinical finish, our end of our show, is our What the Foot. So for me, this one helped me untangle this VIG. The chaos leading into the Women's World Cup, which is only four mo- just over four months away. Fifth-ranked powerhouse Francis fired head coach Corinne Deacre. A riff with the senior players, um, apparently the reason. Uh, so what's going on here? Can you can you really, if you're a top team like this, stiffen if you struggle street, but when you're a top team, top five in the world, can you really sack your uh, head coach and start trying to change formations or tactics or, you know, direction this this close to a World Cup? Yeah, look, it's 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 a weird one, but, you know, the French are probably known for this. Um, I think it was at the 2010 World Cup with the with the men's team. Uh, you know, I think it was the night before a game or, or a couple of days before, before their first game. And, um, there are all sorts of in-house fighting and, and players not wanting to play and, uh, not, not wanting to play for the coach and, and whatnot. So I don't know if it's a, if it's a French cultural thing. Um, I, I don't know the full story or what's happened, but, um, when, when you've had a coach, you know, for a cycle leading up into, to a world cup that have, have worked with the team and the players. Um, to prepare them for the World Cup, the biggest stage in in women's football, um, it's it seems an odd one to to have sacked a you know a, a couple months out, but um, lucky it is a couple months out and and not a couple of days. So I, I guess that's that's the only um, you know positive they they can take with it. They can bring someone in and and someone's got a little bit of time to work with them. But um, yeah, it's it's not a good sign leading into you know the world's biggest football event for on the women's stage. Look, the jury's out whether it was deserved or not, I don't know. But from her point of view, absolute devastation that you are this close to going and leading your country to a World Cup and instead now uh, you're not going to be. You'll be at home watching it on the TV um, like a lot of people. But rumour has it there is a uh, a men's World Cup uh, French winner who's interested in the role, but you know, watch this space. But this follows on from last September the seventh, where uh, last September, where the seventh ranked Spain had fifteen players resign en masse, calling for major changes, and the sixth ranked Canadian players recently threatening to strike in a, a row over pay, which ended with the president of Canada Soccer resigning. So there's all sorts of problems at the moment. I know you think there's some issues with the Matildas, but when you look at this, we seem to be going half decent. I think we're going all right when you look we're at just this. A, we just won a tournament that you loved us celebrating, holding up a trophy for winning a friendly tournament. But uh, besides that, if that's our biggest problem, VIG, I think we're we're cruising. Yeah, look, and, and we had our uh, the, the questions or the, the doubters were out about Tony Gustafsson, but um, he seems to be doing all right at the moment compared to these other coaches who are, who are losing their jobs and, and losing their players. and. Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I think the, the pay dispute and, and all that, I understand, um, you know, the female footballers want to get paid more, um, which, you know, is great. But at the end of the day, you're playing for your your country. And when it comes down to it, I, I don't think money should be an issue when you're playing for your country. You should either want to play or, or you don't want to play. And if you don't want to play, then great. There's the door. Go over there. Make your exit. Don't play whatever but yeah I, I don't know it's 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 t- it's hard to say every every nation's different and and every individual's different and have different motivations but um at the end of the day you know money money and playing for the national team it shouldn't shouldn't really ever be a a question you, you should either want to play for your national team or, or you don't that, that's it look I, i'm fine with them chasing the money if they deserve it or if, if it's something that they were promised but don't worry about the players doing it. Just hire someone, get someone to come in and represent you, a lawyer or someone, and just you guys play, train, and prepare for a World Cup and let someone, a bean counter or a lawyer or someone, go and look after the cash. But uh, games yeah. to watch this week, so much at stake as Adelaide welcome the Phoenix, currently sitting in second and fifth with only one win separating them. A huge Sydney derby with the Sky Blues entertaining the Wanderers, Sydney in danger of dropping out of the six, and Rudan's team in the traffic jam just a little bit further up the table. 
and the Jets take on the glory, hoping to take advantage of any Sydney FC hiccup in the derby? Yeah, look, obviously the, the derby's got a headline um, this week, uh, Saturday night, uh, prime time, so uh, out of Allianz, so ho- hoping for a, a good crowd out there and, and some, some fireworks, really. Uh, we want to see, uh, you know, the, the fire and the passion and the desire, especially as a Sydney FC fan, um, I, I want to see that that passion and, and the fight in the players after a disappointing loss on the weekend to Wellington, so hopefully they bounce back from that. And, and the same for, for Western Sydney um, after a disappointing loss uh, to Perth uh, after, you know, that what, playing majority of that match with a, with a man up. So um, that, that's going to headline this weekend. But obviously I, I think another standout game is, is that Adelaide-Wellington game. And it's a great test for, for Wellington um, to see what they can do away from home. Yeah, look, I'm really looking forward to seeing two excellent teams who are both going really well at the moment. But uh, I just hope for the derby that we get a cracking game, a cracking crowd and uh, let the best team win. Moving on to our TFR fantasy updates. So round 21, I stumbled across the line with 74, taking my total to 1,615. I believe you fared a little bit better, my friend. Yeah, I think I, um, I've got 101. Uh, final final scores aren't in yet, so let's just give give or take. But my projected score was uh, was, score 100, was 101, and um, that takes my total up to 1589. 1589. There we go. 1589. So yeah, yeah, under 30. Uh, there's under 30 So you're closing in. So for me, so hold on. I've just I've just refreshed, and final scores are in. So my 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 uh, I didn't crack the hundred. I got 99. And uh, so I'm at 1587. Okay, not many players scoring points for me this week. I traded for Neroli and Nick Ansel for City duo Marco Tilio and Nuno Reyes, who didn't do much better. For me, there was only two hot players. Zawada, my captain, who got 12, giving me 24, and Cummings, who got 23. The cold players, there was way too many to mention, and the show's got mm-hmm. to finish, so uh, I won't be mentioning those. And the bench was quiet, except for Jordan Holmes, who saved J-Max penalty and scored nine, which was quite a few points more than my starting keeper, Lawrence Thomas. How did you, uh, who did well for you and who uh, who sunk? Yeah, Craig Goodwin was fine for me. I think he got 33 points. I had uh, Aaron McInef on the, on the bench, um, and yeah, I think he ended up with 16 points. But fortunately for me, uh, Khalifi didn't play for, for Perth, so... McInef, uh slotted into that to that, and I've uh, I've grabbed these uh, sixteen points off that. So you got luck um, of the Irish, the luck of the Irish. There, there you go. <laughs> so you know, one player's left out, and and I've got James McGarry at the back, uh, going strong, scoring goals for the, for his new club, uh, Central Coast. Mate, here comes VIG. I'm a bit scared, and uh, I'm just going to have to brace myself here and hope I can uh, just do what the glory did and just dig deep uh, when I'm running on nothing. So, if you missed any part of the show or you want to listen to other episodes, where can they catch it? Yeah, they can catch us on all good podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, also up on uh, Football Nation Radio across their plat- platforms and um, up on our uh, YouTube channel as well. Is there anything we're not on? Oh, mate. A- anyway, <laughs> TikTok, we'll get your head on TikTok. Is, 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 is we're a on bit of that floating around. Hey, we're on yeah. TikTok. We're on get TikTok. Get on. Look, we've got to stay connected with the, uh, with the younger generation as well, so... Like the only um, concern with people come on there and most of them don't even have real profiles. They're fake profiles and fake people's, you know, right, like liking your stuff. So I don't even know, are they bots? Are they real people? At least we know on other socials, right, there's generally people listening, watching and interacting with us. So I don't know, maybe that's just me and the old-fashioned side of me. But, yeah, I, I'm still, the jury's still out on uh, TikTok. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know a robot could make me feel good, but maybe it can. <laughs> okay. A lot more football coming our way. Get out and support your teams. Uh, Get out and see the Sydney Derby this weekend. Hopefully a big game uh, between two excellent teams who have a bit of rivalry out at the new stadium. Thanks to our guest, Harry Vandersag. And uh, please get behind BMW in his 160 kilometres for AVM Quest uh, by donating. And I hope you enjoyed the show even half as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. And uh, we look forward to your company again next Tuesday. Until then, as we say, rise up and join the football revolution. You're listening to the Football Revolution.